Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas to all the Raw crew. I don't mean that's gonna work, is it? Anyway, hello, how you doing, Raw crew? Uh, just wanted to drop you a little quick Christmas message. Grant, uh, who run, who's our artist, said I had to wear uh, a Santa's hat. I don't actually have one. Uh, my three-year-old daughter does, so this is why I'm wearing this small one. But just wanted to give you a, a say a quick hello, wish you all the best. Uh, ahead of this week's episode. It's been a tough year, hasn't it? Uh, and I know that uh, hopefully you can have a belter of a Christmas and hopefully we've brought you a small sliver of joy with what we've been doing throughout the year. You seem to be enjoying it uh, and hopefully that is the case. The rest of the crew, Sam, Grant uh, and Sean, unfortunately they wanted to be here to give this message but they weren't able to. We weren't able to get, get us all together from our various parts of the world uh, so we're going to have to do something in the new year but they all send their very, very best as well. Uh, it's been quite an incredible five months really for us since we officially launched. We've grown organically from the first taster video in June which just hyped it up um, and we basically tried over that period to sort of fulfill our aim of representing the various different parts of the rave scene, uh, different styles of music, different parts of the country and hopefully that you, you think that we've done that. I mean the numbers wise suggest that, you're, that, that we're doing something right. Since the start of the first lockdown we've gone from zero, nothing, an idea in my head to basically 100,000 views of our 12 interviews across all platforms. And that's more people you can get into Wembley Stadium watching this little podcast. Our most popular interview, Force and Styles, across all platforms generated 9,000 views and counting as well, still growing as well. Uh, and uh, DJ Rap made about 6,000 uh, since she launched in a month. And even DJ Scorpio smashed it as well. He got two and a half thousand hits in his first weekend. So uh, not bad for a niche podcast about the 90s rave scene, eh? Um, we've, of course, moved from audio to video and uh, everything is now filmed plus audio now. Um, and I'm obviously the main host. A few people said that they didn't know how that would work, but since then people have said it has worked. So uh, hopefully I've put that uh, those concerns to bed and you're still very much enjoying it. Thanks to Sam and Sean for all their hard work putting together uh, those videos. The production is really high and they've got such great standards. And so I'm delighted to have them on board doing our video, doing our audio and keeping those standards very high as I sort of do the, the duties here in front of the camera. Um, and also thanks to anybody who's listened and, and watched those and, and, and sent us nice comments as well because they mean an awful lot to us. We've also raised £3,000 uh, on the crowdfund, which means that the podcast now washes its own face. It breaks even in terms of paying expenses. That's an amazing news. Uh, and thank you ever so much to all those of you who have donated. Uh, those donations, if you can keep making them, uh, they will keep this show on the road. They'll pay for us to travel around the UK and hire um, and hire equipment where we need it to interview all of your 90s rave favourites. Uh, and so if you want to donate, you can do so, please. GoFundMe.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. That's GoFundMe.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. Even a bit would help. Um, and cheers to all those of you who have helped us research as well and contact potential guests and uh, sorted them out. Uh, you know exactly who you are. Respect to you. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, without getting too much up, up our own arse here. It does feel like we've started something quite special and uh, we've been trying to chronicle a scene that sort of doesn't, hasn't really been chronicled because it was all pre-internet and it feels a bit like we're, you know, we're, we're keeping those amazing moments from the 90s rave scene uh, and those amazing memories, keeping those alive 
and, and, and hopefully keeping them in a form where they'll stay forever for people who are interested at any point in the future. And one of the most heartening things about this whole podcast has been seeing the reaction from you guys uh, saying, you know, thanks for, for bringing this to us. We didn't know a lot of this stuff. It's great. And particularly, we've had messages from people as young as 18 saying they absolutely love the 90s rave scene and they but they didn't know anything about it all their mates aren't interested obviously um but they are delighted that we've brought them some of those some of the detail and you know history and biographies of some of these people that they love so much but don't know a great about that's been brilliant uh, and we've even managed to get a 13 year old uh, producer dj seamer he makes 90s influence 90s rave influence music we gave him some fantastic exposure on the podcast and now he's created his own album, which he's put out through Chris Pursuit Murray. This is New Rave. So, I, you know, it feels like we're sort of helping as well to sort of grow the scene, get new, new, new young bods into it. And they're ultimately going to be the future when we're all sort of on our deathbeds and we can't go raving anymore. These are the people that are keeping it alive. So uh, it really feels like we've, we've, we've helped in that sense as well, which is, has just been really fantastic. I feel really, really pleased that we've been able to. As for looking ahead, the new year is going to bring a whole load of exciting stuff, including our first MC interviews. We're going to build January MC month. Might come up with a better name than that. But uh, basically, we've got MCMC uh, doing a two-part interview. I've recorded it. He doesn't pull any punches. And I ask all about the questions that you said I wouldn't ask. Well, I do, because that's what we do on this podcast. Raw gets to the bottom, gets to the crux, gets to the heart of the 90s rave scene and all of the people that were involved in it. Um, plus, we've got an interview with MC Flux, who tells a story about rave that is so utterly jaw-dropping, you won't want to miss it, so keep an eye out for that. And we're also in talks with one of the biggest and most legendary hardcore MCs of all time uh, to, keep, to, to, to finish off that. A lot of you have been asking for this person, so fingers crossed we get it sorted, and that will be coming in January as well. Uh, after that as well, we're going to uh, be having a chat. We've done it already. Grant Asarts joined me for a chat with Junior Tomlin, the Salvador Dali of Rave. Loads of you have had his flyers on your wall in the 90s. Uh, and uh, we're also booked in to interview one of the biggest rave promoters of the 90s who's got an amazing life, an amazing story. So again, fingers crossed we can get that sorted in January and that'll be rolled out in the new year. Plus, we're going to be running our first major competition um, where you can win some fantastic prizes that you will definitely want to get your hands on. So again, keep your eyes open for that coming in the new year. Uh, and we're also due to be on the radio as well soon. Unity DAB is a new radio station devoted to uh, dance music, underground dance music house garage uh, old school rave they've given us our own show they're going to be playing out our podcasts fingers crossed that happens as well uh, soon we're in, uh, talking to them about rolling that out it's going to be Monday nights 8 till 10 o'clock it'll be me presenting a show with uh, my old mate from TalkSport Jed Mills uh, for the first sort of hour and then in the second hour we're going to be playing out episodes of Raw uh, and there's loads of big names going to be involved in Unity DAB so if you haven't seen it it's live already it's uh, on DAB in London and nationwide on the internet they've got some great names involved so check it out I'm sure you'll be into that as well uh, plus we've got a few hopes for some side projects as well but we won't go into those uh, just yet because nothing's sorted but what I will say is none of this is going to be possible without your ongoing help so please do help us in any way you can be it um, donating at GoFundMe or even just liking subscribing even telling us you like what we're doing and making suggestions for future guests we read every comment that you leave 
Um, you know, we love all the, you know, we're up to our subscribers on YouTube and we read every single comment that we get and uh, often re reply to them as well. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. Um, and also if you add us, hello at the 90s rave podcast.co.uk or go on our website, the 90s rave podcast.co.uk, you can add your name to the mailing list and then you get the exclusive mixes that some of our DJs very kindly, uh, who we interview kindly offer up uh, as raw exclusives. You get those early and in downloadable form as well. So yeah, please continue to support us however you can, whether that's financially or just uh, by being all around good eggs and saying hello from time to time. Uh, and, uh, you know, most importantly, watching and listening to our content and also telling your friends, tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your gran, tell everyone. Raw, the Night's Ray podcast. It's, uh, they're missing out if they haven't uh, got involved. Uh, but most of all, make sure that you have an absolutely fantastic Christmas and look after each other. And hopefully, before too long, we'll be talking about that rave that we're all itching to get out to. And... I know, I certainly speak myself, I can't wait to go to a rave. It's been like March was the last rave I went to. I'm itching for it. I'm sure you're the same. And hopefully as we move into 2021, we're going to be talking more about the return of raving rather than the stopping of raving due to COVID as we've been talking about for the last six months. So enjoy the rest of this episode where we reminisce uh, with the now closed mecca of rave music, The Sanctuary. I'm sure you'll almost all have been there uh, with a man who runs a Twitter account dedicated to chronicling it via old rave videos. Take it easy. Merry Christmas. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of More Raw. This is Tom Latcham, your host. How are you doing? Uh, a lot of you, almost all of you, I would say, uh, will be interested in our next guest because almost all of you will have been to this place. Uh, the Sanctuary, of course, the original home uh, of legal raves, hardcore jungle raves. Unfortunately, no longer with us, but its memory lives on and its memory lives on thanks particularly to a Twitter page, which has got loads and loads of followers, probably loads of you listening, follow it, called Sanctuary Memories. And I thought, you know what, let's get the bloke on who runs uh, the page and see why I set it up and why it's proved so popular. So let's introduce now uh, Adam Brooks. Hello, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you very much. I just did an intro talking about how pretty much all of our listenership uh, will have at some point been to the sanctuary because it was the original home of legal raves back in, what was it, 1993? I think it, uh, it it opened its doors for the first time. Unfortunately, it's no longer with us. It's an Ikea, uh, but uh, its memory lives on through through Sanctuary Memories, which is the Twitter account you run. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, unfortunately, it is an IKEA, uh, which makes me sick. But, <laughs> but well, I mean, it, it, it depends, doesn't it? It depends what you're into, because you know most ravers now, they're or ex-ravers, whatever, they're sort of in their sort of late thirties, early forties, mid forties. They probably don't mind going to IKEA at the weekend and doing flat pack furniture on a Sunday afternoon. Of course. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, it's just not quite the same, is it? But uh, you know, whatever, whatever keeps you busy at the weekends, I suppose, when you're too old and you've got kids and you, you don't want to go raving anymore. So uh, tell us a bit about Sanctuary Memories. For, for, for those who don't know what it is, and if you want to look it up, you just go to Sanctuary Memories on Twitter. Um, for those who don't know what it is, tell us about it. Yeah, me and a friend of mine, Sam, we, um, we're digging out some old VHSs and getting that familiar feeling of nostalgia watching blokes with long curtains and bomber jackets on and uh, we decided to start digitizing things and we've been digging deeper and buying a few more on ebay and i thought other people will want to see that this stuff's out there and uh, a lot of the stuff you know um 
I spoke with uh, John Huckle, Triple X Promotions, and he said he's actually lost a lot of original footage through, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it being in his loft and just getting damp. And uh, so it was starting to become a bit of a mission of ours. Let's get this stuff digitized and let's get it out there on the internet so it can live forever, really. So what was it? What was it that um, that first made you think this is? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to devote. I mean, not your life. That's probably an overstretch, but you know, a significant portion of your life to to digitizing all this video and getting it out on the internet. I just started watching little clips, cutting it up into clips, and thinking, surely there's a lot of other people out there that enjoy these clips as much as I do. And then straight away, yeah, I was getting people messaging me back. This is brilliant. Can you find this event? Can you find that event? And I thought. I have got a full-time job, but I'll try and find stuff for people. Yeah, and I just love it. I love doing it, to be honest. I love watching them. I love when a new VHS turns up that I haven't seen. Sometimes I look for myself. Sometimes I don't really want to see myself on there. Have you, have you, found, have you found yourself in any of the clips? Once, but uh, it's very brief, literally. Probably for the best, right? Me. Probably for the best, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so why, do you, why do you think it's, it's proven so popular? nostalgia people love nostalgia i think people love to to go i had that t-shirt i had that haircut i remember that guy you know i mean all the djs had hair down to their ass and a ponytail didn't they and you know i just i think people just love thinking of uh their youth and but what but why the sanctuary in particular do you think just because it's local to me and we went all the time you know if i i could broaden it but I wouldn't really have quite as much to say on the subject, really. So I just thought sanctuary memories. That's what I started. So, so that so that's why it's, that's why it means so much to you. But what about? I mean, because you've re- you've reached quite a lot of you've got quite a lot of numbers on 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 Twitter. Why do you think that so many people of your of your followers are so into the sanctuary in particular? It was just the mecca, wasn't it? I mean, we was we would we would always be amazed because uh, I'm from Aylesbury, so 25 minutes away, and we'd be amazed at the coach loads of scousers and from all people from all over Scotland. You know, you stand chatting to a guy from Scotland, think, God, you've come down to Scotland for this, but it was it was the mecca. You know, that's that's what it was. And so um, you, you're from 25 uh, minutes away. You, how many times do you reckon you've been? I don't know, to be honest. I don't know because sometimes we sit and have these debates late at night, me and my friends, and go, did we go to that one? Did we, you know, it... <laughs> so, why, why is that, Adam? <laughs> I was never the designated driver. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what, I mean, it was the it was the sort of the, the mecca of raving, the, the sort of home of it. Um, tell us about, I mean, do you remember the, the the first time you went? What was the your first experience? I went to, uh, I went to an under 18s uh, evolution, which were pretty pretty cool when you were fourteen years old. Um, and then got I don't into know. Being... I've always thought like those raves, like the lineups were really good. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know a huge amount about them apart from having just seen some of the flyers and listened to some of the sets. I think Ollie Thumper ripped some of the sets and put them up on um, on 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 SoundCloud. And actually, some of the sets are great. I was one that so that, so they're basically what was it? it was for like fourteen to seventeen year olds? Was that right? Something like that, yeah. And I can I can actually have got quite a vivid memory of being in the queue. And the the security sort of plucking out an old man out of the queue and telling him to hop it. And I, yeah, why are you here, mate? Why are you here? And like an under 18s 
My name's because um, uh, I'm. My name's. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I'm playing. It, it was all sort of bottled water, and it was probably half capacity from my memory. But it was great, and it was a great little introduction. But that's the point, thing. isn't it? It was. It, it's a great. I always thought it looked like a great idea for people who wanted to. They're thinking about the future. So yeah, there is money to be made from 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 putting on a rave for kids. You know. Mm-hmm. they're going to pay the money. I don't know how much the tickets were, but more importantly, it, it, it shows youngsters what a rave might be like. And so therefore when they turn 18 or younger, obviously, uh, then they then go to the main raves and actually it seemed quite a sensible, smart way of getting kids into raving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as far as I know, they were really pretty popular. You know, I think they ran into the up to about 30, you know, evolution 30, they, as far mm-hmm. as I know. And I spent a lot of time in rollers as a kid roller skating and it was very much the youth were very aware of dreamscape right. and we used to pick up the flyers in the car park sunday mornings you know it used to open at like lunchtime on a sunday and all the flyers would be lit at the car park where everyone had left the night before or the morning and we used to pick them all up and take them home and then it was a natural progression to as soon as you could get in to the sanctuary you went there you know so what were they like were they what was the sort of makeup in terms of boys and girls at those events was it 50 50 or was it heavier on boys or i'd have said there was a lot more girls at those younger right raves probably right right. i mean some of the helter skelters quite a bit of a sausage fest really (laughs) (laughs) and and almost all the raves to be honest yeah i felt like slamming vinyl in the 2000s girls seem to turn up in bigger groups there but um it definitely went through a phase of not having many girls there but uh yeah evolution then i then i went to um when i was 15 i I put on a big bomber jacket slamming vinyl bomber jacket i was always quite tall and i got into helter skelter november 97 uh time and i can remember walking in and and at that time of, of you know when you're 15 to about to turn 16 you're trying to get into the bars in your local town you're trying to dodge getting your head kicked in at the kebab shop at the end of the night. Yeah. I walked in there and I thought, this is a bit of me, this. It was just very much like, you know, no attitude. You could just feel it as soon as you walked in there. And I just thought, this is, this is me. This is my scene. This is what I want to do. And um, had no clue of, I mean, I probably barely had a beer all night. You know, I was scared to go to the bar in case they said to me, you're not supposed to be in here. But um Loved it. Loved everything. God knows what my parents were thinking, by the way. But well, I, mean, <laughs> but, well, I mean, if you if you were taking your kid to Evolution, which I expect probably loads were, you know, you would yeah, yeah. probably drive drop us off. Yeah. yeah, drop you off, pick you up later. I, I'm actually at Evolution. Was there any drugs going on there? Um, I think a little bit. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of hash being smoked and stuff like that. And when you think about that, that's not right at all like my, but no was, no yeah. pills you don't think there was anyone on pills age that, that sort of young age i wouldn't have known i've got to say at that age i think i was pretty clueless yeah i just loved the energy of the music and was aware of oh i think they were smoking a joint you know that's probably I always a- thought like do the mcs sort of have to tone it down a bit like, like they can't like they can't MC about about you know like MCMC often MCs about being buzzing and whatever and taking yeah. pills and blah 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 whatever and, and all you know give us some, make some fucking noise whatever all the MCs <laughs> yeah. are like that but it's like 
Are you allowed to do that at an under 18 I reckon age? that's got to be a good question for you to ask one of them in one of your interviews <laughs> because they must have been told, surely, just tone it down just a notch. You know? Yeah, like, there you go. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear. <laughs> and I also remember that evolution I went to was uh, Mr. Motivator was, was there. And at that time, I thought it was the guy off of GMB. What, as an and- MC motivator, you mean? Yeah, and he used or, or the to... fake Mr. Motivator that they put on stage sometimes. The guy that mimicked the fitness guy off of right, Good okay, not MC because it was an MC motivator, as right? Well, who was terrible? Um, but it, <laughs> it's a different person. But there was a there was a, there was a Mr. Motivator. I think they put, and I think they got threatened to be sued or something. Someone someone threatened to sue them for like faking up this. Mr. That's what I was gonna say. I that was could be it a, a could guy. be an, could be an urban myth. To be honest. I thought it was the real guy, and I've read online many times since. No, they got told to cease and desist. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll I mean, one nation had a fake queen on. I don't think the queen got in touch and said, uh, "Can you cease and desist?" Because there are people uh, who think that the queen actually turned to Skelter. Ganked out to DJ Zinc. And so, what was your what were your best raves there at the sanctuary? I've got a very fond memory of. New Year's Eve, 98, 99. I think it was called The Final Countdown. Got fond memories of that. And I think a lot of those fond memories come from your age, you know, and, and all of your mates being there. And everybody will always have a different fondness. I think it comes a lot of it comes down to age. We get grumpy and we say, oh, it's not like it was in my day. And actually, it probably is. If you walked in there with the same attitude you had when you were 18, you know, like. But, yeah, I definitely remember that New Year's Eve being great. Uh, and, and, and I've got to say, I know we're on a 90s rave podcast, but a lot of the early 2000s slamming vinyl stuff was fantastic. Yeah. Well, anyone, who, was... anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while knows that I didn't start raving until 2000, which sort of makes me um, wholly unsuited, frankly, to uh, to uh, present in the 90s rave podcast. But as I've pointed out in the past, I used to interview footballers, but I'm shit at football. So uh, I don't think both. It, I don't <laughs> think that it necessarily is, is important. What's more important is, you know, understanding and being into it or whatever. But you know, I, I mean, all, all of the, any memory that you'll ask me about the sanctuary will all be post two thousand. But you know, it still went on. It went on. When did it shut? Two thousand and five, four, I think. Right, I think it was yeah. May two thousand and four, and yeah. I did go to that last one as well. Did you? Um, and I actually thought it was all over. I'm on- sure I went to one of the last ones, and then it turned out not to be the last one. And I was like, well, I'm not going to keep going to the the one they say is the last one on the basis that it might be the last one. I think they did a little trick slip of the tongue where they did an accelerated culture that was the last one in inverted commas. And they kept sort of slipping in in small print, the last official only drum and bass only thingy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there was I think I went to the last, ever, I went, I think I went to the last hardcore heaven and they were like, it's the last one. It's the last one. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Nice one. I'll definitely go. And then I was like, Oh, it's not the last one. I, I'm not going to keep going to the, to the last yeah. one until it isn't the last one anymore. Um, any, bad times that you've had there like or was it always a good time uh i got nicked there um uh it depends how badly you were treated by the police uh the police were great the bouncers are not yeah. great yeah 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 uh, uh, i was back in and cautioned and back in the rave on the dance floor all in about within about half an hour oh really good and my mates were really concerned they were all still dancing and um yeah, the bouncers were, they were going to do this and that to me. And I was like, pretty much crapping my pants, if I'm honest. But uh, that was a bad time. Uh, and I, got I, got, th- I, I once didn't make it in. 
yeah, uh, we've had that before. Yeah, well, I didn't make it in at all, and I was basically the only one out of my group that didn't make it in, and I was basically standing in a car park in Milton Keynes. Uh, to be fair, I was the driver, so it wasn't the end of the world, but my girlfriend was in there, and she was like, do you mind if I stay? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, like you can't, stay. you can't just let me drive home on my own while you go in there and have a party with my mates. But um, she definitely would if she was given a choice. But in the end, she did. Uh, she I've came seen with... many, many a man in the queue um, swapping clothes with people and then queuing again <laughs> because they didn't have any ID or and, and, you know, why not? Because there's like, what, four or five different search lanes. I've seen yeah, many yeah. people yeah. doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I think and. That was probably the, the, I mean, the worst. I mean, that's got to be the worst one for me. Is the one I didn't make it into. Uh, best one I went to, because I, because it's post two thousands. People would be like, well, whatever. But the best one I went to was actually, um, it was actually a bit of a shit rave, if that makes sense. But it was a, it was future vibe. So it was future dance meets vibe and um, it was, it was, it was wicked because future dance always played my sort of music, which at the time was free form um that sort of stuff like so i was into that and there was a great moment i was just like because they had a really big production unfortunately the problem was the trains weren't running from london so it was half empty it was dead but it was a really great high production it was the last future dance they ever did because they basically screwed themselves through that and they weren't they didn't have the money to put on another one which is a huge shame because i've been to like loads of previous future dances We hope you're enjoying today's episode of Raw, but now's where we ask you inevitably for your help to keep this project rolling on. We're a tight-knit team of four working part-time for free, taking no wages out of this project to create this podcast, and it's quite a serious undertaking alongside our normal day jobs. Hopefully you can see from our progression from audio to video in the few months since we started this podcast that, thanks to your ongoing donations, we've managed to improve our equipment. And I'm pleased to say your generosity means this podcast now washes its own face in terms of costs, which is absolutely great news. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much to any of you who've donated. Uh, We've got big, big plans for the future, but we aren't going to be able to do it without your support. So if you want us to keep making Raw, you're going to need to keep on funding Raw. And that will help with the cost of renting or buying recording kit and paying expenses to travel the country and interview more of your favourite rave artists from the 90s. So if you can spare anything at all, no matter how big or how small, you can do so at gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. That URL again is gofundme.com com forward slash the 90s rave podcast and if you're not in a position to donate because we know it's a tough time for everybody you can instead help by subscribing and sharing our content on youtube facebook instagram and twitter you just need to search for raw the 90s rave podcast go and do that now please massive love and respect to each and every one of you there's just one moment i was like look i was sort of sitting there you know me and my mate were just talking like and then we both just looked to our right and I was like, turned back to him. I was like, did you just see a dwarf on a bike? <laughs> like a, on, a, on, a, on a giant bike? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> loads of messy moments like that. And my mate reminded me of one earlier. He was like, do you remember that last? It was probably one of the last times we went in about 2000, yeah, about 2003, a slamming violin. He was like, we got in, we got in the, we were outside waiting for a, you know, we're getting a taxi home and I'd lost my phone and he was like, I was a right mess and you were, you were fine. So you went back in to try and find my phone, went to where we were standing, 
looked down. There it is. I got it, mate. And I came back out with it straight away. It was, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah. So uh, that was a, a decent result because uh, lots of things have been lost in that place. Well, actually, one of the one marbles, of, one of my followers um, uh, actually sent me a story about how they lost their car keys, then made the call to uh, someone's come and pick them up because they, and then refound the car keys on the floor. But the call had been made to Leicester. And I imagine on a on a landline, which I think it might have been a payphone in rollers, if I remember <laughs> rightly. And I just had this vision of someone's dad pulling up and then going, well, we found them now. So. <laughs> Uh, I bet he was delighted to be woken up yeah. at four in the morning Trapped. on a uh, on a landline to come and pick up this idiot kid who'd lost his car keys. <laughs> I think I'd have been like, "Make your own way, mate. You'll you, you'll be all right." <laughs> yeah, not, I'm not coming to get you. So, yeah. um, how important do you think that the sanctuary was to the rave scene in general? From from running this account, from speaking to people all the time about their memories, and 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 you know, living that nostalgic tip uh, all the time. Uh Massive, massively important for the promoters. Uh, Milton Keynes Council obviously were quite happy to play ball, which was, I mean, it, the events started getting bigger and bigger, didn't they? With uh, was it Magna Carta, the go karting yeah. warehouse? Then they allowed slamming to do outdoor stages as well. And I mean, I don't know, would they play ball like that anymore? Like the councils and. It's well, I mean, they did important. then. Uh, they did then uh, allow it to be sold to be turned into a, an IKEA and a f- shit football ground. But 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 a slightly less quiet venue now than perhaps. But then it is in the middle of nowhere. It can't have. The only thing that must have annoyed the locals was probably litter and cars parked on on verges. But oh, it's massively important. People message me all the time saying, "Oh, I've been told to follow this account. Um, it was my youth. Simple as that, you know." And then I look, click on where they're from. They're from nowhere near the south east you know and i mm. think that's that's amazing to me and then it makes me feel lucky that i have 25 minute journey you know that's all we had yeah that's true and, and 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 when it shut or given its closure what impact do you think that had on the rave i mean were you still into raving at that point what impact yeah. did it have on the on the rave scene in your mind i think it just turned into i mean i'm, I'm not i'm not an authority on it but i think it just turned into the a more of a club scene you know we used to go up to fabric sometimes but it's it's not the same. I'm not saying it's any worse or better. It's just that there's something about that warehouse environment, isn't there, that you walk into and think this is where that music belongs, you know? Um, I just think it just, it just, it doesn't go away. It just changes. It just evolves. You had the end, uh, SE1, you know, I used to go to London more really. And, and it, it, it was great. It's just that those nightclubs were so packed. You couldn't move in them, fabric, you know, and then you go to the bar and think, you know, I, I fancy a double vodka Red Bull. That'd be 15 pounds. Oh, shit. You know, who's used to buying cans of Red Stripe for two quid or whatever yeah, we were drinking in, you know, yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden it's sort of gentrified or, or whatever, whatever. It's just different. Hmm. As all the DJs you interview always say, it didn't, there was, there is no golden era. People always say the golden era for them as DJs, they just evolve, don't they? It's just a different era, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I think there is something in that the fact that there was a dedicated place for rave music that could yeah. hold all sorts of different raves in a multi-arena setting. And then when that goes, I mean, I wonder if that means that, that you know, if that's a sort of sign, really, that, that the sort of the rave scene was was changing so much because you didn't, I mean, they don't. The, the fact is, after sort of 99, when Helter Skelter basically stopped um, because the Millennium Jam was such a 
poorly attended event uh, for, for various different reasons of which we've discussed over the years. That was really the last sort of mixed arena, big mixed arena. I know they had some at Bagley's uh, after that a little bit, but that sort of, it started to die off around then. And I think the music became so different that it... That and it I think because was... you've, you've said in other episodes, uh, hardcore started to die on its ass a bit post 99 as well. And um, you just then got, everything was dedicated to DMV, which suited me. I was definitely a junglist anyway. Um I did go to, do you remember they did a couple at the ice rink in Milton Keynes? Yeah, I went to a hardcore rave there. Um, I, in fact, I got, afterwards, I it was upstairs at the ice rink. It wasn't in the main arena. It was just in the upstairs. And I, uh, the car broke down and I got stuck on the motorway uh, between Milton Keynes and London. And I had to call my mate's mum to come and get me. And she did as well. So yeah, I do remember. Proud that. moment. <laughs> <laughs> sorry gene uh she won't be listening but uh my mate paul might be so if uh, if paul's listening just apologize to gene i'm sorry about that in fact mc watsy afterwards because i was mates with him he uh he did a right he did a, a a rhyme about me getting stuck on the motorway which i found which i was always quite proud about even claim though, to fame well i'd have rather have not been stuck on the motorway to be honest uh, i'd have I'd have, I'd have eschewed the rhyme uh for just getting home into my bed but uh, uh yeah i did so what did you go what sort of raves did they have at there afterwards well, they did a, uh, someone with better knowledge than me, they did a, a, a Helter Skelter, I think, I think it was an Energy, Energy 2005 or whatever it, whatever it was. But I don't know whether it was a Dave and Penny production. I'm not really sure what was going on with Helter Skelter at that time. I remember it being quite good. Um, and then that seemed to die a death. It was well attended, but I don't know whether that was to do with MK Council. I know there's a lot of places in Milton Keynes now because... Uh, uh, me and my buddy Sam have looked at putting on events in the past that, that, that are strict no. Once you say the R word, they've got a, they've got a, a, a MK. Don't Dome say stadium. the R word then. No, no. If you put on a band, I think you're fine. But um, MK Don's um, stadium has got a Marshall Arena in it. It's got a concert arena, and yeah, that phone call lasted all of 15 seconds. Of oh, can goodness. you do all nighters? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a that's an ever like an ongoing problem. I mean, most council. I mean, you look at like Dawes, uh, uh, Hackney, or whatever. They basically don't allow any nights. So I I wonder what the value of that is. It's like, all right, fine. You know, you've got locals there, but what sort of area are these people living in? They're living in boring, sterile areas. I mean, we we've got no events at all at the moment, so it's sort of a moot point. But it's true. You know, people don't want they want to move to an area where it's lively and buzzy and then they want to stop the things that are lively and buzzy it makes no but go sense. to bed at half nine yeah well, why don't you fuck off um and so um for you what was your favorite dj or set to play uh at the sanctuary over the years i was always a fan of nikki black market um i just like that sort of uh congo natty sort of reggae jungle uh so i like black market foxy um Fearless, whoever he was with, really. Always liked MCMC, which I'm looking forward to your interview coming mm. up with him. Um, yeah, that was who we looked at. Hype, always liked Hype. At, uh, it was normally your midnight set at, at 12. And uh, I mean, Andy C has gone stratospheric now, but he was not that big in the late 90s. Not as, Certainly not as big as Hype. Um, but Black Market, and, and that probably stems as well from where we used to go up and down to the shop and... <laughs> you know, yeah, see Nikki in there and be a bit yeah, starstruck. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would think. Well, as we talked to Ray Keith about, and uh, yes, and he mentioned. Uh, I think for in in terms of the hardcore, 
uh, I think like I got, I mean, you know, because I was into it after sort of the the, the start of the two thousand. Sign Storm were they were always the 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 attraction, I suppose, the sort of star attraction. But my my abiding memory is um, New Year's Eve two thousand two thousand and one, I think. Um, and I went with my mate Simon, who's sadly now uh, not with us, and um, in fact he died a couple of years after this. So. And it, we'd only really just started going raving and uh, it was just about to go to New Year's, uh, like the, the midnight on the New Year's. And so we found a spot um, which was sort of, we clambered on top of this, um, it was like a ledge. <laughs> I don't know why the ledge was there, but we found this ledge above where you'd sort of, you know, that, there's a standing deck at the back uh, and mm-hmm. it, we stood on top of that. And then we got on this ledge and we were sat there. And I don't mean you'd get away with it these days. And that's, you know, with, with sort of, I don't want to sound like Richard Littlejohn, but with the health and safety stuff, you know, I, I just don't <laughs> think, I don't mean you'd have got away with it. Um, and we just sat there and they dropped the the, the midnight uh, track and it was vibes and lively. And we just saw the whole crowd and it was packed as well, just going mad. And we just looked at each other and we were like, this is it, mate. This is it, man. I love you. I love you. And he was like, I love you too, man. And it was just one of their moments. Yeah. Yeah, And and, and even though, you know, he's not with us anymore, it's it's a memory that will last fondly in my memory forever. Um, And I think that was probably, you know, that was early, you know, among the early times. And I was like, this is the music. This is the scene for me, man. Like, this is fantastic. You don't get this buzz anywhere else. And to be honest, with the sanctuary now gone, I look, I'm an old bastard. Like I'm an old miserable git and I do like day raves now. And I do like going to like, um, you know, I'll go to smaller events, but those were the, the you know, the, that was, you don't get those big moments anymore. I don't think in music it's, uh, I think the smartphones have killed it a bit. Um, I think people certainly care what they look like more because of phones. Yeah, um, I went to a We Are festival in Essex, day, a day festival with some friends a couple of years ago. Had a good time. The youth demographic is, they look great. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't care how we looked. Um, uh, that was quite funny because uh, Andy C closed it and it, the heavens opened and it poured. And I thought, I'm not waiting all bloody day to see Andy C. And then I'm, I'm leaving and uh, there was a, a guy probably slightly older than me that gave me a knowing nod as we danced in the rain and all the kids ran away with (laughs) life in the rain and i thought you know come on if we can't we can we can handle a bit of rain can't we although i did get ripped by the police walking in there he said i want id off everyone apart from you brilliant (laughs) well i mean come on for that (laughs) i mean how old are you uh i'm 38 yeah there you go um so um <laughs> i i think i will just say though if anyone hasn't seen uh sanctuary memories they should go and check out on twitter it's lots of fun you know there's loads of great videos i mean who doesn't i, I think there's been a resurgence in in a desire to uh during lockdown to sort of engage with those happier times and when people were free to go and party i don't know if have you seen an uptick over since the lockdown I see an uptick mainly if someone like Slip Matt or Hype likes one of my videos. Well, that, I see I mean, that will help. That will but help. If, but... any, if anybody does want to get involved, go and follow. And I, I am always looking for VHSs that I can't find. So ah. check the lofts for them. And uh, I'll, I might make you an offer or I can just digitize them for you and send them back. Uh, but they're rotting in your loft and doing nothing. So... Um, Do you feel in a way like you're documenting history? So uh, part of what I, I started this podcast was, um, was I mean, so I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm, a, I'm interested in the scene. It was all took place in an underground way where um, 
pre-internet. So therefore, a lot of the interviews that were done were done by kids, ravers in fanzines that have been lost to history. And also, I think if you're in it at the time, you view things differently. So what I'm sort of doing 30 years on is documenting something. And it, I know it sounds a bit pompous, and I don't mean it to be. And you wouldn't say that a historian is pompous by doing this. So I don't know why I feel pompous by doing this. But, but there is something to be said for chronicling those times that have been lost. And if someone doesn't do it, now i'm not saying no one's ever going to do it but you know if someone doesn't do it then it won't get done and so therefore i feel a bit like i'm sort of partly providing a little service for people trying to cheer people up as well during lockdown but also providing that little service that actually this will stay on the internet or it will stay as a thing forever that people can read it and that's what i like about it i'll never delete any of it as long as twitter leave it on there you know people can sit down well that's a problem because twitter might just die at some point that is a problem you need to do something you need to get it somewhere like that that it won't die well have you you kept it somewhere because that might be oh yes we have digital we we now but we now make digital copies but um i i don't know we could we could start a website and upload them to them but I don't own the copyright to them. They're all on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? It all gets a little bit yeah, like, I don't want to yeah. tread on anyone's toes, especially if Dave and Penny are coming back. I'd like to see them do it. I'd like to see them upload, you know, like an archive or something. Well, I've spoken to someone who um, who knows Dave uh, very well, and he is, uh, he's got thousands and thousands of hours of unseen footage. Like and so um, and that's the stuff that makes me excited. Dave, well, get it, well, get it sorted. You stay in touch with me, son, and I'll try and I'll try and sort you out. The thing is, though, if they do come back, I think that it, um, it would be an amazing documentary to make. And also, Absolutely. what's expensive is that footage. That's what costs loads of money when you make a documentary is buying the archive footage. You know, you can use twenty seconds of a bit of archive footage and you get charged several thousand pounds. Whereas if they've got it, they're going to just use it. So actually, it becomes quite a cheap but fascinating documentary to make. So if they do come back, I think there is very much a, a basis for a fantastic documentary using a lot of that old footage. Because Well, a, a documentary hopefully based around their new event that they bring back, Energy 2021 or whatever it is that they decide to do. Wouldn't it be oh. great to to tie a documentary in around it with the history of Helter Skelter and... It's all up there. It's all up there. You know, mate. Yeah. You know that. You know that. Yeah. Well, and I, well, if you can get hold of Dave Prattley and get him an interview from him, I will be. I will be impressed because uh, so everyone says he's a very elusive man. I've watch this. Watch this space. Banbury. Watch this space, son. Watch this space. All right. That's what I'll say. <laughs> well, listen. Where can people? Um, what's the exact? Um, it's at the Sanctuary MK. Okay, at the Sanctuary MK. Uh, yeah. so go and check it out because Adam puts a lot of time into it. Um, it's lovely curated thing and and you never know, you might see yourself. I don't know if you want to, but you might. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't legislate for that. <laughs> if you're on this No, fact- I mean, it's true. I mean, if you, will, if you will go to the Sanctuary when you were a teenager and take drugs, what do you expect? You might be on camera. <laughs> I mean, they were probably thinking, it's fine, there was no camera phones, but unfortunately... There's Adam Brooks. Uh, Unfo- and unfortunately, Do- Dougal's dad was walking through the crowd with a camera. So, <laughs> did, Although you could have just gone like that. No, uh, Dougal, which, no Dougal's dad. Which a lot of people did, uh, if you watch the footage. <laughs> and, uh, but thankfully, a lot of people didn't. Um, yeah. Adam, it's great to talk to you, mate. Thanks for your time, and I hope that it continues to go from strength to strength, mate. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome, buddy. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon, yeah? Cheers. Ta-da, mate. That's uh, Adam Brooks there who runs the Sanctuary Memories Twitter page. Go and check it out because there's loads of great stuff on there and you won't regret it.
Well, we hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Raw. We've certainly enjoyed making it and bringing it to you. And we want to make more. Uh, But to do so, we are going to need some of your help, I'm afraid. Uh, We are just normal people with normal jobs. This is a hobby and not a very well-paid one at that. In fact, it's not paid at all. Uh, We've invested quite a bit of our money to keep this this show going. Uh, But we could really use some of your help uh, as well. Any donation, big or small, we know it's a difficult time for you all out there. It's a difficult time for all of us. Uh, But any donation... you can give whatever size will help us go towards improving our kit it will help us get on the road pay expenses to go and interview some of your 90s rave favorites uh, and also just uh, keep bringing you some more banging 90s rave content if you do feel able to help that'd be great if you don't we do understand uh, but if you can head over to gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcasts that address i'll repeat just one more time gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast and if you can't give any money or you want to join our community, why don't you head over to Twitter? Why don't you head over to Instagram? Why don't you head over to YouTube? And why don't you head over to Facebook? Search Raw the 90s Rave Podcast. Like us, subscribe to us, do all that. Get involved. So now it's time for a big shout out to some of our most generous donators and helpers. Uh, a big shout out to Chad O'Carroll, who knew that the 90s rave scene was big in North Korea. Oi, oi to you, mate. Uh, a big shout as well to Wayne Clark, who uh, gave some money via our GoFundMe.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast URL. Uh, he knows how in, uh, difficult it is to keep funding all this kit, and he's given us a fantastic donation. Thank you very much, Wayne. Big ups to you and Malcolm Payne, ongoing funder from the US of A. We're Glad you're enjoying it, mate. Keep listening. There's loads more to come where that came from. 